You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santek. Mike, how are you feeling after that Bengals one? I'm feeling great. I feel like we have to start with the offense. Because going into this game, when we did our prediction video, I think we were a little hesitant. I don't know what the offense will look like. Is Joe Burrow really back? Because we had talked about it on the podcast last week. He was no longer on the injury report, no longer getting treatment. And... Looked a little mobile. Still getting some heated thing put on his calf, yeah. but <laughs> Some kind of technology thing on the sideline, and it seems to be working, and he can continue to put that on his calf until they no longer need it. Uh, but the biggest thing is we were seeing some of those video clips early on during practice this week, and it looked like, oh, Joe Burrow looks mobile. And Joe said after the Tennessee game, I feel the best that I've felt all season after a game. Joe, today – I know, look, I'm, I'm sure he can only get better as long as there's no setbacks. He looked like old Joe Burrow today from the, the deep balls to the mobile getting out of a sack that it was eventually a sack jumping over defenders. He just looked like the old Joe Burrow today. And before we get to Jamar Chase, is just an amazing performance because he's always open. I want to start with Joe Burrow. Just your overall thoughts of his play today. The most important one. Uh, as awesome as Jamar Chase's performance was, getting Joe Burrow to look like Joe Burrow is the most important thing for this offense because we saw it. <laughs> you know, they they put up over thirty points, um, and a lot of that is Jamar, but a lot of that is just Joe looked like Joe, and it started right away. Uh, was on the first drive, he had that play where he it, it was out of structure because Jamar Chase worked. He was working to his right saw that the play kind of broke down, worked back to his left. It wasn't a big scramble or anything, but Joe worked to his right, rolled out, stopped, threw the ball, dime, great. And early on, I think before that, it felt a little bit like, yeah, this kind of looks like the scheme plays that they were pounding Tennessee with and uh, saw a little bit of pistol, which was exciting, even though it didn't go that well. <laughs> um, the, the tackles, man. The tackles ruined it for me. Uh, but um yeah, seeing Joe Burrow move like that was exciting. And then, yeah, I felt like he was fully back on that deep ball to Jamar Chase, the 63-yard touchdown. That might have been 60 through the air. 
it just, yeah, it, you're not driving the ball that far with, you know, that accuracy without feeling pretty good on that calf. And he was moving, he was throwing. It just, it finally did feel like the calf injury, while not, maybe not fully behind him, I think there's one minor thing we could talk about that still was cropping up that I didn't uh, see from Joe Burrow in the past, but almost fully there. Like, this is the closest I felt like Joe Burrow has been to Joe Burrow. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I think the biggest thing is, you know, look, if, if he didn't have that setback against the Ravens in the second half, he could have probably already been, you know, back to 100%. And, and the biggest thing is just how he's managing the calf. And it just felt encouraging. Maybe it was it was the shoes. You saw the cleats out there. They were different this week. Uh, but Joe, Joe, cool. Joe mentioned it was a must win. And it felt all business with Joe, Joe during press conferences, during practice. And overall, it was just encouraging to see. But you said there was one thing that kind of stood out. Yeah, so the one bad thing that still stood out um, in terms of it doesn't look like Joe, I would say Joe Burrow is 100% back, is outbreakers far out, both to the left and to the right. And Mark Sanchez actually pointed this out on the broadcast to the left, which it's always good to have a former quarterback on the broadcast because they can talk about things like this, even though I think he was up and down as a broadcaster. We don't need to get into it. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> when you swing the left leg all the way open to make that throw to the left, he was struggling and what ended up happening was what one of them was short on a throw way out to the left. And then he left two of them inside as he went out to one to the left and one to the right. And the one to the right almost got picked. So that's the one thing that I don't think is 100% back. It's just those far sideline throws. Um, he's leaving them a little bit inside sometimes. And one of them was short, just feels like his accuracy isn't fully there. And normally he's really accurate throwing those. So I don't think it's an arm strength issue. I don't think it's a him issue. I think it's just that this is in my mind, almost like the last step because even running like, yeah, the little movements were awesome, but towards the end of that game in the second half, he was scrambling and he looked pretty quick. So that felt, yeah, we're good. It feels like he's back. Uh, even what, I, I don't know the yardage he had on his scrambles, but they felt so important in the game. I was trying to see, uh, they listed him over there and not listed him with a, oh, that was just one scramble. Anyway, I thought they were good looking scrambles. Um, and maybe that's just me thinking, he looks good <laughs> because that was important because the Tennessee was cheating that they, they knew Burrow couldn't run. So they didn't play any defense that required having eyes on him or setting a front that required, you know, like we got to account for Burrow's likes here, leave a linebacker inside. They went, he's not running. <laughs> like if he tries to run, we'll get him. I think the one thing that besides Joe Burrow that we can say is back is Jamar Chase in the end zone. Man, it was so encouraging to see. He broke Carl Pickens' record uh, for most catches in a game. was absolutely incredible. Honestly, probably left another touchdown off the board, to be completely honest. And uh, Jamar Chase and, and, and even Zach Taylor, when it comes to play calling, they obviously had that meeting earlier in the week, and he called Jamar Chase up to his office, and he said, I loved your interview. Jamar Chase said, after the Tennessee game, I'm always open. I think we can confirm that today. He tweeted right after the game a 7-11 picture. Uh, because he is. And it's just incredible. When you throw the ball to your best player, good things happen. And we saw that today. Oh, man. Incredible. Incredible performance from him. I mean, what? He had 19 targets. What? How many catches did he end up with? 
14, but I'm going to double check it just to be sure. It's 15 because oh. I thought I thought he broke the record, then he caught another. He did break the record, so I'm I'm then I had 15, 15, 192, and three. And look, he, he looked so. He looks so good. Awesome. Uh, some of those were kind of access things. The Cardinals were very worried about him, so they played off and tried to play back. Like, we're not pressing this guy and let him beat us over the top, even though that did happen once on a post route. Uh, they tried to play off of him, and a lot of those targets ended up being like, well, I'm just going to flip it out to my dude, and he's going to make somebody miss and gain eight yards. And that happened repeatedly. Uh, they got him on some slants. They got him on the move. Um, when you look at the advanced stats of it, he ended up adding 17 expected points, which is more than Joe Burrow added. Joe Burrow added 10, and he added 17 uh, when it comes to EPA. He almost added a full point per target. Not even catch, but per target. 0.9 EPA per play. Just a bonkers game from him. And it did feel like, especially in the second half, that the Cardinals made a cognizant effort that we're going to try to slow him down. And you think of that last touchdown where he worked across the back of the end zone. They had two guys. It's just Burrow made, bought some time, which he wasn't able to do before. He was able to find him in the back of the end zone. Uh, it was just all around a stud performance from Jamar Chase. I think this is one of those games you look at and why he could be maybe the second best wide receiver in the NFL uh, is he has games like this. Um, and I know it's not the highest quality of opponent and I can't really name a Cardinals corner. I don't think <laughs> other than uh, like if their name popped up in the broadcast, I kind of just went like, I don't know that guy. <laughs> um, but still he faces, he faces Seattle next week. I think this was very promising from him. It was just, it was awesome. It was awesome to see him ball out like that. Deep ball, short stuff, intermediate, everything was there for him. Three touchdowns. You mentioned the fourth one. I thought that might have been impossible. <laughs> that ball was so hard to catch. But he, he but, is impossible. So, I mean, he's incredible and he can do crazy things. At the same time, I'm like, man, I I, I wouldn't have been surprised if he was going to be able to grab that one just because he's, he's incredible. Um, but yeah, with Jamar Chase, I, they were without T. Higgins today. Um, it really did feel like it was going to come down to a game time decision. I think the Bengals managed that cor obviously correctly. You win the game and you still have Jamar Chase go off. Uh, but but you do. You, T. Higgins was on the sideline. He was pumped. He was excited for his wide receivers and to be determined if he returns against the Seattle Seahawks. But you get another week of rest for him and you focus on your your best player on the team. And then that's Jamar Chase, your best playmaker on the team. And it just was absolutely incredible day. And um, credit to Zach Taylor because, look, we know when things don't go well, people will call for his job as an offensive coordinator, as a head coach, which is really questionable when that happens, but more for the play calling and creativity and trying to make um, make up for what we used to see in the, lim the, the limited Joe Burrow. But obviously he wasn't today because he was scrambling and he was able to move. But I thought Zach Taylor had a good game plan. I felt like the playbook was fully open um, in terms of they weren't really scared of the Cardinals pass rush which the Cardinals got three sacks in the first half, I think. And I don't know why they have one sack in the second half, maybe. I'm not sure what that play from Burrow counted as, where he tried to hand it off and then had to just fall down at the end of the game. But that that's not a real sack if it is one. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, 
he, they weren't scared of the Cardinals' pass rush. Like they didn't call a game as if like we need to protect our offensive line. He said, "You guys got to hold up." And they called a game in terms of let's just attack them, which is awesome. Like they've needed to do that. Uh, they haven't done that the past much this year in general. And some of that's also to protect Burrow's mobility. They called a game which Burrow was able to move, and um, they called game that Burrow was able to take shots down the field. I think this was a really well-called game. But I also – I mean, how am I supposed to say it wasn't a really well-called game? Because it was all the stuff I've been yelling about for the most part. Exactly. <laughs> they, they finally, I know. They, they finally ran a draw play, and they got, I think, six yards out of it. Uh, they ran some play-action passes from shotgun where they pulled the guard across, including that 63-yard touchdown. Uh, they ran pistol a little bit. That didn't go that well, but that wasn't uh, the pistol's fault. That was one was an Orlando Brown holding call on a pretty good gain, and the other one, Joe Jonah Mixon, Jonah Mixon, Jonah Williams just missed his block. I was thinking of Mixon running the ball, but yeah, Jonah Williams missed his reach block, and Mixon got hit in the backfield. But I, I want to see more of the pistol. I just don't think they're executing it that well. Other than that, look, it was it was my game. It was my type of game. You know, they got the shotgun play action pass stuff going. Uh, it was efficient. It was working down the field when they wanted to, when they needed to, and they didn't call a game scared. I think that was the biggest part. Like they weren't scared of anything. Burrow's leg, the offensive line, etc. They were willing to work everybody down the field and ask the offensive line to protect for three, four seconds. Like I said, Zach Taylor listens to the podcast. He reads your work over on all bangles. And because he listened, they deferred. They're really good at coin toss. They, they Oh, I almost forgot that. Yeah, the biggest one. I mean, I'm I'm all on board. I am I'm team defer, but they're just really good at coin toss. And, and I'm I'm totally for it because they made a good decision. They almost scored again. Well, they did because they had the pick six. Uh, but I thought Joe Mixon was going to be able to run it in and it ended up working out for them just fine uh, when it comes to the end of that second half or end of the first half. And then they obviously got the ball in the second half and the Joe Burrow just was old Joe Burrow again. So offensively, when it comes to in the air, even Trent Irwin, he had some good plays out there. I thought he stepped up big time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, no, I like Trent Irwin. Uh, he had the one play where he fell down, <laughs> but that could have been illegal contact too. It was right around, I think, the five-yard mark where you're not allowed to hit guys after that. So I'm not sure exactly why it didn't get called, but I think the one part that was big was, yeah, the, the um, they deferred. And what was the score at halftime? Was it 17-14 Bengals, yeah. right? Or 16-14? 17-14. And then... 17-14, and then they immediately scored a touchdown. So instead of 17-14, Cardinals get the ball back, they were able to do what I've been talking about with that middle eight minutes, really middle four minutes for them, uh, get the interception touchdown, go up 17-14. Instead of giving the Cardinals the ball back with a chance to go up or 
you know, make it an even closer game. They got the ball back, 63-yard touchdown, and now it feels like they're in the real driver's seat. Uh, and also in the first quarter, even felt like that where they went, th- the Cardinals went three and out. Bengals went right down and scored. So now not only are you up seven, but you're going to get the ball half. So in my mind, I always think of that as like, we're up seven and in complete control. Then they went up 10 and it felt like complete control. And then obviously they let the Cardinals right back into the game. But that's why that middle, that middle area matters so much. Uh, they were able to take a close game and put it into two score territory for pretty much the rest of the day. Uh, yeah, offense was awesome. I think that's that's yeah. the the long and short of it. Trent Irwin, I thought, was good, especially in the first half. But in the second half, I thought he was still good. Ten targets, eight catches, sixty yards from him. Uh, I don't think advanced stats will be kind to him just because the pick came on a throw to him. So that is what it is. You just kind of got to take it with a grain of salt. He was dependable for the most part, though. Um, and Yossi Voss making his one catch was. Good, and he almost made that sideline catch, which I think T. Higgins might catch just because he's six foot four. T probably has it, but I thought Yoshi was it, it was fun to see out of him. I know it was yeah. really little targets, but still, I, I do think, yeah, yeah, people kind of got overly excited about the role Yoshi Voss would play in this game. He was a good blocker, they they used him as the blocker, it was like the second play of the game. And they motioned him over and had him lead the way on a Joe Mixon carry. And I went like, oh, okay, so that's the split. Passing downs, it's Irwin <laughs> rundowns. Maybe you get a little bit of Yossi Vaz or if they want to condense things and ask somebody to block. Because they did kind of give him the Stanley Morgan role. Where Stanley Morgan's not on the active roster right now. So they've kind of brought in Yoshi as the uh, wide receiver that could block the most. So, yeah, I, I thought... Irwin played well. Boyd, his day would look a lot better if that touchdown stayed, which mm-hmm. we call. We call the Alex Gabbard thing. I didn't see it live. And then they showed the replay, and he his hand gets hit upwards, and he grazes his face, throat area. And then he quickly takes it away and resets it back underneath. But he got the call. I was like, man, that happens so often. That's you funny. usually see the hands to the face when it stays there. Or like, well, the defense for the most part, whenever they're like driving a guy with his face or something, or if the offense is even pushing a defender with his face, you see it like knocked back. Like I think on the Zach Carter, when one of the announcers brought it up, it's like, usually that first grazing doesn't matter. It's if it stays there or if it comes back a second time, that's when they're going to call it because look, football is, you know, the hands and the sport, everything's moving fast. It makes sense. But, uh, whew. I thought Urban was good. I thought Boyd was fine. I thought yeah. Mixon was – this might have been Mixon's worst game, but I still thought he looked solid. Yeah. Uh, I think his yards per carry is down because they tried to use him like a battering ram, and the Cardinals knew it at times, especially late in that game and on that goal line stand. They couldn't get him in there. So when you have, whenever you have four carries that don't pick up the one yard you need, your your yards per carry is going to suffer from that. But when you look at some underlying metrics, his EPA was bad, but his success rate was fine. So it's it's interesting. Like he kept him on schedule, sixty-eight uh, Like that's well above average for keeping the offense on schedule. That's all they needed. They didn't need to rely on him the same way that we've been asking and what we thought they might. So, and hey, if you want to give some credit to the play action pass to the threat of Mixon, you can. I don't know if I would, uh, just because it wasn't the best day from him, but only only a long of 10. Biggest issue with uh, the offense, I think, 
And yes, we could, I guess, talk about Orlando Brown losing and giving up another sack. But I think the biggest issue, and it showed up, end of the game, they don't have a running back to they trust. They don't. I'm telling Trayvon you, you called, you, called Denver. To it. you called Denver, man. You called Denver and you bring P. Ryan back. They lost another game today. You bring it back as RB2. He's familiar with this. <laughs> the J.C. Jackson trade again. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it, it it's unfortunate that they, they, I think Joe Goodberry said it best. They're still auditioning for their RB2 right now. And it feels are, like it should be Chase Brown to me because none you? of the other guys have stepped up. And at least he's young. Uh, Samaj, by the way, only, well, he had six carries, but he had five targets. Ended up with like a hundred yards on the day, which I was not expecting. Uh, when I saw six carries, I assumed nothing. But then I guess he was a pass down back for the Bengals because of how good he could block. So you could call them. Um, They're going to be hard to, It's hard to think about how many other teams, like, because you want a reliable running back. You don't want to go out there, and I know Cam Akers just got traded, but, like, you don't want to go buy Cam Akers to me. Like, that's not a guy I want to go try to buy. Um, try to think of other guys out there. It's just, it's tough. Like there's some free agents like Leonard Fournette, but do you really want Leonard Fournette as your running back too? Like maybe you can keep the offense on schedule, but he wasn't that good for Tampa the past year. Uh, and I think that could just be a, he's kind of the Dalvin cook. Yeah. He's kind he's, he's kind of done <laughs> Dalvin Cook, like in New York. He uh, doesn't look great right now from him. Um, but, Look, yeah, I'm not trying to fall off the Chase Brown train. Maybe they're going to get something with Chase Brown, and he mm-hmm. got a few reps today. So we'll see what that looks like. But it, you do want to, you do want another RB two, and that is nothing against Joe Mixon at all, because I I love it when they can balance off the offense and run the ball too, um, and put it in the air. So there's nothing against that. I, I just I want Joe to have a little more help uh, in the running back room, and right now it doesn't feel like they have mm-hmm. a whole lot of confidence in there. Um, I know Travion, unfortunately, that, that wasn't great for him today. But uh, but you live and you learn, and, and then maybe we'll we'll start to see something out of the running back room, and maybe that is Chase Brown. Maybe they just stick with the guys they have because they are very big on sticking with the guys they already have in the room during the season. So we'll see how that works. Let's flip to the defensive side. Look, I want to be critical when it comes to the missed tackles because we see it in back-to-back weeks, and that is just something I'm not familiar with with Lou's defense over the past couple of years, and it's been really unfortunate. And I know James Conner was out in the second half, but overall – the missed tackles before we get to the positive was pretty depressing. It's everybody too. Uh, I think that's why Nick Scott got benched for a series because he missed a couple more tackles, which that has just been the most frustrating thing because I, I don't think he's been bad other than the missed tackles. Like, yeah, it's up and down in coverage. It's up and down as, you know, a run defender. But the biggest issue has been he's missed tackles every game. And that's just not something that teams – won't put up with, but it's not just him either. Jordan Battle got in there and missed a tackle on his one series. Um, you've got everybody in the secondary missing tackles. You've got defensive linemen not bringing the guy down when they have the chance. Linebackers not making the tackle. It's it's just very frustrating that nobody is tackling well. And this is a team that's tackled well the past two years, and it's mostly the same guys. Like I know everybody wants to point at the new pieces as the issue, but it feels to me and. It, Maybe it's not so much this week because I thought Jermaine Pratt played well. I thought that um, a lot of the guys, you know, Trey Hendrickson was awesome. We'll get to it. Uh, but most of the guys that have kind of disappointed have been guys that were here before. And that's yeah. the part that's kind of frustrating. Do you think that turns around or do you think that kind of stays the same? It's tough to call. James Conner going out certainly helped them. Um, James Conner was pretty awesome. 
but at the same time, it felt like it was a lot of like he only had six carries, so it's it's not a small sample, but it felt mm-hmm. a lot like he's kind of stuff he stopped he stopped and then that one play happened where cam sample yeah. missed reason that's point and james connor hits every single button on the playstation controller he spun he stiff arm he trucked he juked it was like okay he's just doing everything on this and he did score the touchdown though and i think that might have been the play he got hurt on and then the backup comes in runs at four and a half a carry and a touchdown it just the run this is a good run offense i think that's one thing to point out yeah. But the run defense has just been disappointing. And we can get to the pass, how they did against the pass, which I thought was much better. Uh, uh, but the run game is just – they need to figure that out because Seattle, mm-hmm. yeah, if you, miss, if you miss tackles on Kenneth Walker, he could break it for a touchdown. But I'm real worried about the San Francisco game. If your run defense isn't up to snuff – about they'll San Francisco have, right now. I am. I am because Purdy will pass the ball 12 times and they'll score 45 by just handing it look, off to McCaffrey and everybody else. Look, Christian McCaffrey, I have as the NFL MVP right now. So I don't even want to think about that, Mike. I want to enjoy this win. And then you go to, then you play home at Seattle. Then you get a little bye. Then we worry about what San Francisco is going to look like. Uh, but I agree with you. Stopping the run terrifies me right now with this defense. And, you know, you hope it's things that they're going to be able to fix. And it, you feel like you can adjust to making tackles versus missing them. I know that sounds absolutely silly, but seeing it in back-to-back weeks and it's just not like lose defense, it's really unfortunate because, as you mentioned, it's the same guy who's missing tackles, guys that have been here before. So, overall, got some things to clean up on defense. And it sounds crazy to say that because when you think about what the defense was able to do, you get interceptions, you get a sack and a fumble, you get a pick six. And I felt like on the defensive side of the ball, they always kind of – when the offense gets rolling, the offense gets gets a lead. I always feel confident that the defense is going to be able to shut the game out and end and the game. There's some things to work on to adjust, but overall, they had some some great turnovers too on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, uh, well, three of them, right? They had the pick mm-hmm. six, the Jermaine Pratt interception, and then the strip sack. Awesome, awesome game. Uh, I think if we want to talk about the pass defense a little bit, we'll start yeah. with Trey Hendrickson superb uh what i've been looking for he faced a what in my mind is a solid left tackle an interesting one you know he's up and down a little bit in his career but dj humphreys is a solid player he got a big deal he's uh look a better than average left tackle i think and he trey hendrickson had two and a half sacks against him and it felt like that it felt like trey hendrickson took over the game especially in that second half so this is the game we've been looking for from him i don't know if very many other people on the defensive line got a lot of pressure against, you know, not, not, not great uh, Cardinals offensive line for the most part. I think Humphrey's the best player, and that was the one they beat up. So that was cool to see. Uh, I am enjoying the Trey Hendrickson uh, domination so far. Six sacks. I think he only had eight last year, eight and a half, nine, somewhere in there. I don't think he hit double digits last year, and through five games, he has six sacks. So he's certainly on pace for it this yeah, no, uh, Trey Hendrickson, it's crazy because I think if you were to surge Trey Hendrickson held, um, it happens every game and it's just the way it is. And he still finds a way to get pressure and get to the quarterback. And I've just been really impressed what we've uh, really you just watched from Trey Hendrickson in the season. But overall, you know, like I said, on the defensive side of the ball, I still feel like there's some there's some things to clean up. Anything else? 
Yeah, uh, when it comes to pass defense, I thought for the most part it was good. Uh, you have the Kevin Taylor Britt pick six. You had some interesting calls. You had some opportune pressures. They gave up a slot fade touchdown where Jalen Davis was man-to-man against their fastest player in Hollywood Brown. That feels like something that we see how that goes, and there has to be a check. There has to be some type of check so that he's not one-on-one with him down the field like that. Um, otherwise, what I mean, Dobbs ended up two picks. I guess he threw two touchdowns. I don't even remember that second one. Oh, Zach Ertz, they were just playing right at the goal line, and he caught it and just kind of walked in. Um, when you look at the advanced stats, it's much worse for the Cardinals in general. Their pass game was averaging negative 0.45 EPA per play, which, you know, everything, if you look at, is below like the fifth percentile, fourth percentile EPA per play, uh, fifth percentile success rate, and they were 24th in first down rate. It's just that passing offense was terrible. It just it let them down. And yeah, some of that's going to be driven by a pick six, but it kind of felt that way to me. Where the when the Cardinals went to pass, I wasn't, I personally wasn't that worried about it being something that was going to work for them. And that didn't have everything to do with Dobbs, even though he was a little bit inaccurate. There was a early play down the field on the left sideline to Hollywood, I believe it was Hollywood, that he beat Cam Taylor Britt, but it was overthrown. Some of that helped them, but it really did feel. To me, like things were sticky. It felt like the coverage was pretty sticky. Other than a few plays here and there, even like towards the end of the game, Michael Wilson made that one catch between um, uh, between Nick Scott and Cam Taylor Britt, both just smashing him, and he still came down with it. It felt hard for the Cardinals' pass offense, and I think that's what ended up kind of putting the nail in the coffin was that the pass offense for the Cardinals couldn't get going and you can only run so much in this game, especially when you're down two scores. So the, the that's one thing that I think I look at and I was pretty happy about. Um, it, it'll be interesting to go back and look at the one Jordan battle drive, which went in that Zachert's touchdown and what exactly happened because it, they made the switch and it felt like, the defense was still playing pretty poorly <laughs> and then yeah. they made the switch back and it ended. that's they made that switch back and they didn't switch it back after that it they got the turnover on downs and kind of just let it happen from there and the, the defense was awesome um but i don't think i'm blaming that on jordan battle i just think it was like man interesting to come out of the half and make the switch at safety and then uh it didn't seem to matter and make the switch back yeah, we'll get into that on uh, Tuesday's pod to see what the tape really was showing on the defensive side of the ball when it comes to that switch, the offensive side. But let's end it with this. An optimistic outlook. Yes, I know the Cardinals record, but I still felt like they were playing better than what their record was. And the biggest thing was seeing Joe Burrow return. And it felt like we saw a little bit of Joe, as a lot of people like to call him, Joe Shiesty return at the quarterback position being mobile. Jamar Chase proved that he is the best playmaker on the team. And he he's absolutely unbelievable. One of the top I would think it's fair to say two wide receivers in the NFL, but Justin Jefferson at number one right now. Uh, but overall, that's very encouraging by your offense. You're getting 30 plus. I know there was a pick six by Cam Taylor Britt, but still, that's very that's just great to see on, on both sides of the ball. When it comes to turnovers, you got to stop the run, clean up the missed tackles. But overall, they are currently one game out of first place in the AFC North with the Baltimore Ravens falling to the Pittsburgh Steelers today. And that was a wild game. But again, it's an AFC North battle. Those games are always a little sloppy or, or sometimes a little too close. Uh, but I think that's 
that was good for the Cincinnati Bengals today. The Pittsburgh Steelers beating the Baltimore Ravens. They don't get in another game. They're one game back. You can control what you can. You play at home against the Seattle Seahawks this coming weekend, and you hopefully you can start a win streak. How are you feeling overall? I feel great. I feel great after this game. This is the best I felt after a game. Uh, you get to three and three uh, if you can beat the Seahawks, and you're right back in it. I know the schedule's tough. That just feels like the, the Bengals have done the past two years, and I know you don't want to always hang your hat on winning all the hard games, but I'm not going to count them out if they get to a solid spot. And then, yeah, the schedule's tough, but this team's been tough. Um, whole AFC North is like three or two wins, which is interesting. I think is how I would describe it. So I, I, I'm glad the Steelers won because, yeah, because it feels to me like I don't find their winning to be, and this is what they do every year though. They're I don't find their winning to be yeah. sustainable. It doesn't feel sustainable, you know, like you know, a blocked punt, um, the Ravens messing up. Um, they had the ball at the goal line and threw a pick. There was so much that went wrong in that game. It was such an AFC North game. And the Steelers offense was terrible the entire game. And then they get that big touch on the Pickens late. It just feels like, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen every week. But then it's happened the past two years. The past two years, it felt like this wasn't a good team and they somehow win enough games to be in the playoff hunt at the end of the year. But put them closer to the Ravens. I would like to still think of the Bengals as an AFC North contender, which they are one game back. Uh, rather than trying to compete for the wild card, which is, I guess, how you would root for the Ravens in that scenario. Anyway, it doesn't all matter. It's so early. It's so early that, like, I remember doing all this last year and looking at the, you know, the 538 projections and all this other stuff. And the Bengals at the bye week were, like, third in, their, in the AFC North for winning the division, and none of it mattered. Uh, overall, I'm feeling great. I don't know how how are you feeling. I assume you're also feeling good. It's hard not to feel good after that win. It's hard to not feel good. Not only do you get a road win, you win on the road. You off also see, like I said before, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow just felt so encouraging from what we saw just this whole entire month of football. And he wasn't a statue out there. Even during that first sack, I was encouraged to see Joe jumping over defenders. Um, so it, 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 as long as there's no setbacks, I'm, I'm so encouraged. They get back home. They play the Seahawks and they get a break. A much needed buy for this team right now. When you talk about T. Higgins, who's battling the rib injury. And then obviously Joe Burrow still with the calf injury. So yeah, it's, it's something to build off of. And I think this offense needed that confidence going forward. And, and they'll be home. It's where they normally play pretty well. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, you're going to have a great piece over on all Bengals, kind of a recap of the game. I, I'm hoping so. Uh, I do have a weird work thing to do. I got to leave work at 6 a.m. tomorrow. Usually I write that in the morning. So uh, if I don't, that's why. Just let everybody know. Perfect. Make sure you go check it out. Follow him on Twitter, Bengals underscore Sands. You can follow me at LNDS Patterson. Thanks for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.